two, Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. If you want to get to know more about us, go follow Reformed Rebel Network, the network of podcasts we are a part of. Um, you'll find out that there are other podcasts in the network, <laughs> the Rebel Podcast. There, Like episode. you don't already know. I know, right? If for some reason you're new, though, <laughs> let us know that you're a new listener, right? Yeah. That would be awesome. And we've also added the Great Exchange podcast to the network. You'll see that in our audio feed shortly, if not already. And go check them out. They're great. And um, I think we're pretty much at full full swing again, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> COVID shut so many things down. But yeah. we are back. And another thing you can do to help us out if you want to is you can financially support us. Go to patreon.com slash reformedrebel. And you can financially support us there. And with the... I'm going to close our Keurig. I feel exposed. Oh, no. You can see the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Patreon, if you, if you give there, you get extra content. There's a bunch of stuff on there that will unlock if you become a donor. Or what do we call them? Patronians? Patronians. You're not a patron. You're a Patronian. I feel like that's like a tequila like a brand. Well, that's Patron, right? I know. <laughs> I think of like a planet in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Like it's like a... Patronia. Like a Toy Story kind yeah, of right. made up planet. Yeah, exactly. So you get to become a Patronian. And we have merch that is on the way. And of course, the Patronians are going to get first dibs. Yes. So if you like the new logo and you like to see that logo on a hat or a shirt... Um, become a patron because then Do it. you'll uh, you'll get first dibs. So anyway, um, is that all the admin out of the way? I think so. Yeah, I don't know what else. Go follow us and comment, like the content. We appreciate the engagement that we do get. It's always very welcomed. Yes. So thank you. It's helpful when you actually comment on um, our actual like news feed or like the mm -hmm. you know the actual post of the podcast because right. it just kind of like bumps us up in the algorithm yeah the way social media algorithms work is that if your post is getting more interactions what do they call them they call them engagements mm. more likes and comments then it bumps us up to the top so even if you just comment great episode or right. loved it or just even like you know just like yeah all Just that like stuff it. it's fine. helps us a lot to push us at the top right. of people's news feeds or at the top of searches when people are looking for stuff. Another thing we've, we haven't asked in ages is uh, iTunes reviews. iTunes is still what, one of the number one podcast catchers. Yeah. So if you are an iTunes listener, drop us a review and that help that will help get the network's content in front of more people as well. Yeah, So sure. That'd be awesome. So tonight... You guys, if you've listened to the last couple episodes, you know that we're in the middle of a series called By Way of Reminder. Go listen to episode one on fear. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, we explained what the theme of this series is going to be. And basically, we're just calling to mind those things that Christians probably hear dozens and dozens of time. But mm -hmm. we're kind the of... The truth that we already hold to and have been taught. Right. And we're trying to, I don't know, turn the kaleidoscope to see a new pattern, a new color or a new um, 
Having, yeah, a new facet of things that we've heard a thousand times. And maybe just be reminded of a truth that is yeah. so basic that can just encourage us in a hard time. Right. And I'm sure all of you could uh, agree with this, that the Bible is one of those things that you can go back to some of the most familiar stories and, mm-hmm. and still gain something fresh and new out of it. Mm-hmm. Or as you're reminded of it, you realize how beautiful that passage of scripture really is, or just, you know, something about God's character right whatever it is. Right. God's word is amazing like that. Yep. So today, by way of reminder, (laughs) by way of reminder, (laughs) we want to remind you that there is not a verse in the Bible that says all Christians must always be very, very nice. Nice. Nice Christian. So (laughs) obviously we're picking kind of a controversial one. Is it really controversial, though? I don't know, because the majority of Big Eva, the, you know, major yeah, but Big evangelical Eva is world trash, so is that. But that's where most people come from. See, <laughs> <laughs> that's where most of Christianity has been. It comes from. It's so true. I have I saw a tweet by one Jen Wilkin mm. recently. This hurts my heart. Yeah. So. Jen Wilkins, one of those started out strong and not doing so well now. But so the tweet, I'll paraphrase, went something like this. I love you too much to argue with you. Mm. That was pretty much the paraphrase of it was that she was saying to the non-believer or to the person she disagrees with that she loves them too much to sit and nitpick and argue with them. Well, the interesting thing, I I didn't see the tweets. Maybe I should ask you first before I make a judgment on it. Did she distinguish between the believer and the non-believer? No. Was there anything in the tweet that would make you believe she's talking specifically to a believer versus a non-believer or vice versa? Well, let me answer your question with a question. Okay. (laughs) Does it, would it matter? Yeah. I think so. Okay, how would it I mean, to like a a varying degree. Yeah. But for sure, Christians are called to keep each other accountable. Like, that's just a thing that we should be doing. Right. Um, So, and and you should be able to expect more from a Christian because they hold, I mean, supposedly, they would hold to the notion that scripture is authoritative Mm -hmm. and sufficient for all of life and godliness. Right. And so if you are, quote unquote, arguing, I would hope you wouldn't be arguing from your own wisdom, but rather from scripture. And if that is the case, then the most loving thing you can do is um, implore the other believer to just obey God, to just obedience. This is what the Bible says. So submit. So you want to hear her tweet word for word? Yeah. I love you too much. Is it too much? Too much. (laughs) I love you too much to argue with you is the priceless gift those slow to speak and slow to anger can give to those who are not. Should I read it again? (laughs) I mean, it is. It's worded in a way that would make you believe she's very intelligent. Yeah. Well, and she's like hyphenated that whole thing. It's like eight words. And, and hyphenated as well. I love you too much to argue with you is the priceless gift those slow to speak and slow to anger can't give to those who are not. You know, and speaking of scripture being authoritative, aren't we all so glad that like Paul and Peter didn't believe this? Right? Like we wouldn't have a large portion of scriptures if they felt that way. 
So I want to, I brought up her tweet in particular because I think it does embody much mm-hmm. of Christianity's cowardice, right? I think much- Russell Moore just, um, I don't follow Russell Moore, but uh-huh. for some reason, he's popping into your head unbeknownst right now. to my very self. Yeah. I still follow the gospel coalition yeah. on the social medias mm-hmm. <laughs> and on Instagram in particular, they'll just share like little snippets, like little quotes and things like that. Okay. Um, from like their recent blog posts. And I just happened to see one from Russell Moore recently talking about something very similar. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it basically was saying the same thing. Like Christians just need to stop arguing over things. And sometimes silence is golden. I think that was the gist of it. I don't think he used those words in particular, but that was the gist of what he was trying to communicate. So it's interesting, though, because both Jen Wilkin, Russell Moore are figureheads in this big Eva conglomerate. Yeah, in like the pseudo reformed (laughs) reformed Southern Baptist group in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, But so like you brought up Paul, which is really good because in Acts... Several times he goes into a city and he literally argues and debates <laughs> with the Jews that the Christ, that Jesus was the Christ, that he yeah. was the Messiah. And that's like what he does in every single city. Right. So to try to say, well, the pr- most priceless gift you can give somebody is that I love you too much to argue with you, like to the person who loves arguing. Right. Or to the person who loves debating and a person who is right. not slow to speak and slow to anger is totally not what Paul did. Right. But also Peter in, man, I'm going to get which epistle it is, but I know it's 315. Um, He has, you know, there's that famous verse to always be ready to give a defense for the hope that lies within. Second Peter? I think so. But that word for defense is apologia. That's where we get the term apologetics from. And it's not an apology like you're sorry for Christianity. Go go around <laughs> apologizing for Christianity. Although that seems to be a thing that Big Eva does a lot nowadays too. <laughs> Just saying. Or your whiteness. Yeah. Um, but that you were supposed to give a defense like in a courtroom. It was an apology. Right. Meaning you're giving a, a defense of the hope that you have within you, right? Yeah. And so that necessarily is going to be a little argumentative, right? Don't you have to make arguments to do that? And, you know... Well, and Jesus even says this. He... um, I'm trying to remember where... I think it was Matthew 10 or Matthew 15, Mm -hmm. somewhere in there where Jesus tells um, his disciples, like, the world's going to hate you because they hated me. And Mm -hmm. then he goes on and he says things like, when you get to a city and they don't accept what it is that you're you're teaching them, what you're telling them, then just dust the dirt from your sandals and keep moving on. Like it's just an assumption. Like you are going to proclaim a truth and some people aren't going to like it. And you don't stop doing that. You just keep going. You just keep going from town to town to town to town. You don't stop. There's just nothing in the Bible that I can think of that says once someone starts arguing with you, you need to stop talking. You've lost. Yeah. Like the most loving thing you can do for that person now is to be quiet. Why? Right. You mean let them win? But this goes back to the foundational command for all of us to make disciples, to spread the gospel. The mm-hmm. gospel is what? A declaration of good yeah, news. Yeah, it's a proclaimed word. Yeah, it's a proclamation that there is a new king. Right. Right. We're commanded to go into the whole world and say there is a new king. Mm-hmm. And that's what the good news is. And 
Um, if you, you know, look through history, most people don't like that. They don't like being told that they're not king. Yeah. And so you you obviously get into arguments, but it is, as a Christian, I when I have done evangelism, you like it when someone asks you questions and then you have to like argue with them and stuff. Right. It's good. It's, and there obviously is a skill too, because when you were talking about um, Paul going into cities and arguing mm-hmm. before certain leaders and things like that, when Paul went to the Areopagus, he was very skillful in how he reasoned with them. Like he didn't just go in and start calling them all a bunch of morons. Right. Well, and he didn't go to the, uh, you know, he didn't go to Athens full of Greek philosophers, like you said, at the Areopagus mm-hmm. and start arguing with them over prophecies of the Messiah right. in the Levitical sacrificial system. Right. Right. They would have not known at all what the heck he was talking about. Right. And so, yeah, he adjusted for for his audience but it was at the end when he started talking about that, you know, God is the creator of all and he's going to judge everyone. And so mm-hmm. he commands everybody now to repent of their sins and turn to right. him based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then they all right. flipped out. Right. They were listening to him up to that point. So he did a, adjust the content of his message, but it still was the same hard hitting truth, right? That everyone needs to repent and bow the knee to the king who's rise, who's rose from mm-hmm. the grave. You know, part of the problem too is that we think in our in our earthly wisdom that the response we get when we do um, share a harsh truth with someone else, if mm-hmm. their response is harsh or their response back to our truth is negative or they don't receive it like we think they should or whatever, mm-hmm. then we have failed or then we've done something wrong. We didn't do a good enough job presenting the gospel or we didn't do what we should have done because they reacted so negatively to that truth. But that is not anywhere in scripture either. Like our job is not to like facilitate the growth Mm -hmm. of what, what is that we're planting? Like that's not our job. Our job is to spread the seed liberally. Right. And then it's God's job. To make to cause growth, to make those seeds that we plant grow. It's not our responsibility. And the problem is with people like the Jen Wilkins, I often think because she doesn't see instantaneous growth, she yeah. just feels like it's ineffective. I did something wrong. Yeah. It's ineffective. Why are we doing this? It's not causing yeah. growth. Let's let's like genetically modify this so that we get <laughs> yeah. better growth here. And it's like, but that's not that's not our responsibility. Yeah. Our responsibility is not that. Our responsibility is to scatter seeds and to share the truth. And it's not our truth. It's God's truth. Right. We evangelize. We share the gospel trusting in his sovereignty. Right. Right. But this is where like we kind of, I don't know, in a sideways kind of slanted mouth looked mm-hmm. at each other when we said the word like, Russell Moore and, and uh, I almost said, I almost said <laughs> Jen, Jen Moore, Jen Wilkin <laughs> are reformed. Are reformed, right? But they're I don't actually think they are. Like if you were to ask them, do you believe in like the five solas? They'd probably say yes, right? But that that does not make you reformed. Like well, you can yeah. on paper, yes, agree with these doctrines, but if in your heart you don't actually trust in the sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. and you're looking for, you know. Uh, an instantaneous response when you proclaim a word. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're actually trusting in the sovereignty of God that you claim to believe in. I just don't think you actually believe that. 
Yeah. And I, the encouragement towards silence by her is something that I, I don't think, I don't think we need. I think the no, American no, no, church no, no. needs. We, we have <laughs> so many Christians who are such bold missionaries. We need Everywhere. far fewer. You know, the harvest is minuscule and there are so many dang laborers. Right. They need to get out of the field. The harvest is scant, but the laborers are many. Are many. Build a wall. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, babe. But that's, that's the thing. What The main problem is cowardice in the church. And it has been forever. There's always, and there's always the wingnut, right? Yes. There's always the Pelagius that's spouting off doctrine and won't shut up about it there's the arius who's doing the same thing there's all through church history there's these people who won't shut up about their heresy a rat uh not erastus although he was you know anyway um dagum servetus right yeah he's got gets killed because he was he wouldn't shut up that the trinity is unbiblical and uh people think john calvin killed him he didn't kill him but the city did because he was a menace right uh, there's always that person. There's always the fundamentalist Baptist person. The who, Westboro. Yeah, the Westboro Baptist type thing. Which, where are they? Anyway. COVID. They can't, <laughs> can't do anything right now. Um, But it's just, it's funny how often Big Eva tweets these pithy things. Mm-hmm. And they're addressing a problem that doesn't exist. Yep. But because everyone will like agree oh yeah we shouldn't be like super argumentative and no one wants to be westboro baptist so they like and share the tweet and they're addressing a problem that doesn't exist right it happens all the time but then you realize that like you can't actually fulfill like the instructions that god gave to us in the great commission by Mm -hmm. like being silent Right, and that's the like thing you too, actually that, just can't obey. Right, and what she the problem too is that she's not addressing the how; she's just addressing what. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Are you talking or being silent? Right, not talking about how you talk or right. how you argue or how you address people in their sin or, who, or in this their is why error. I asked early, like who are you addressing? Are you addressing the non-believer or the believer? Because I do think you approach those two things differently. How you are going to go into a city council meeting is going to be way different than how you go into a woman's Bible study where everyone's gossiping and slandering against each other. True. Yeah. Those Context, are two, yeah, matters. two different things. Well, and that's know? Paul, right? That's Paul either in the synagogue in Jerusalem right. or on the Areopagus in Athens. Absolutely. Two completely different contexts. Right. But... Never are Christians supposed to just think like, well, I just need to be nice because all that has led to is otherwise faithful and obedient Christians closing their mouths and not obeying God. Well, and I just think and, and not even just New Testament, but anywhere in Scripture, where have the Christians or the covenant people of God been the people that are well liked by the outsiders? Like there's a reason why. Yeah, right. Everyone always hated the Israelites. They always had an enemy, you know? They were never without an enemy. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a reason why Christians were always persecuted. There's a reason, like, there's always a reason for that. In every single century since the beginning of time, Christians have been persecuted. And it's because our message is offensive. Right. The gospel is an offense. It is. Yeah. So when you're trying to be nice and be a Christian, you are not trying to be a Christian because to be a Christian is to be offensive. That does not mean that you 
are being a jerk and being mm-hmm. offensive. That means by nature of what you proclaim in your identity as a Christian is in and of itself offensive. And you feel it when you do share truth with someone. Don't you realize the times when you're like, oh, should I say something? Like, there's always a massive weight to it. Mm-hmm. And you're not even thinking about right. how you're about to say it. You're thinking just saying the words alone. Like, I mean, at work, when the opportunity arises for me to actually say something yeah. about God, it's always super heavy. And it's like, I didn't even say anything like, repent or burn, you wicked maggots. <laughs> you know, like I don't, Yeah. it's not like soapboxy, crazy, you know, right. fire and brimstone. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, getting out of the army because I believe God called me to, you know, right. just saying simple little things like that. I'm like, it, you can feel the weight of it. Right. So, and this is why, like, one of my life verses has been Galatians one ten, and I know I quote yeah, this one good. often, but it's like, "Am I now trying to please man, or am I trying to please God? If I'm trying to please man, I'm no longer trying to please God. You can't right. serve two masters. If you're trying to be the popular, nice, cute little Southern Baptist Christian, yeah, you're God. not pleasing God. If someone doesn't hate you, you're being unfaithful, and that's just the reality of it. Right, and we don't. We don't go about our Christian life find, like making that happen or intentionally yeah, trying to make it happen. Yeah, we're not trying to make or, everyone pissed off at us. That's right. not our goal. But yeah. our goal is to be Christianly enough that it does irritate people. Yeah. I, so I, I, wanted, I just got to go back to this again, that the problem when I saw her tweet and it was so upsetting is that <laughs> Paul says things in his letters like, let your speech be seasoned with salt yep. and with grace and... He asks the church to pray for him that a door may be opened for the gospel. And he's praying for this kind of stuff. And not to worry when you are about to share with someone because the spirit will enable you to do those things. Like there, I just don't understand how you can. He never prays for wisdom for like, could you pray that the Lord give me wisdom when to not share the gospel and when to like, when to shut up. Yeah. Lord, just help me hold my tongue. more like yeah no it's just hey when i do talk it needs to be seasoned with salt and with grace and Mm -hmm. you know that sort of thing and he always starts all of his letters with great love Mm -hmm. you know and i was telling our oldest daughter this today like love does cover a multitude of sins so like in the christian church in the fellowship of believers right if you have a difference of opinion with someone else who is a believer if you are the victim, if you are the one who is sinned against, love can cover that sin. Yeah. You don't have to make it a big issue. Sometimes you do, depending on the sin, but oftentimes yeah. if they just misspoke or they said something kind of rude or they gave you a weird look, love can just cover that offense. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a big issue. Right. And sometimes you can just love someone enough to hold your tongue. Yeah. That is true. But if the person is sinning against God, if they are spreading untruth, then you cannot sit by and watch someone blaspheme God. You should not. You are a coward. Right. And you are not worthy to be called a Christian if that's... And that's what Peter was guilty of, right? Peter denied Christ. And he felt terrible about it. Right. Yeah, it's good. So. So, (laughs) by way of reminder, you don't have to worry yourself with how nice you're being. Yeah. (laughs) Worry more about how obedient you're being to those basic commands we've been given to share the gospel and 
to stir one another up to love and good works mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff that we have in the New Testament as believers. And remember that you worship a guy who was murdered. Like, right. They didn't really care for his message all that much. Well, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, well, let's finish there, right? If you want an example of <laughs> niceness, which even that word in the English language has been butchered over the centuries, yeah, it's right? True. It used to mean a substandard quality of something. Like if you you bake a loaf of bread, it's fine, and you're like, that's nice. Yeah, that's what it used to mean. It was not. It didn't mean of high quality in yeah. any way. And um, anyway, Jesus is your example of niceness. Right. So that means in your life there might come a time that you need to make a whip and drive people out of a building. And who and who for did the he, glory of God? But who did he do that to? Like he did that to other believers Mm -hmm. right to like other people in the fellowship in the covenant people that oftentimes is where you need to be the harshest yeah or the most we would say yes harsh and most forthright right the most clear and well the problem is intentional language too because if you read through the psalms especially yeah like there are many times when the psalmists are asking god to just destroy the enemies yeah like i hate them I hate your enemies, oh God. Right. It's okay for us to say those things. It's actually something that we're commanded to sing. Yeah. So that doesn't seem super nice, right? No. It doesn't seem super nice to say, oh God, I hate your enemies. Smite them. Mm -hmm. Spurn them. Like, you have to reconcile that somehow in your heart. If you think that seems harsh or wrong or sinful, then you're accusing God of something because he wrote it. And he wants you to sing it back to him. So. Do some thinking. Do some thinking by way of reminder. <laughs> you, <laughs> but I think I think this episode is going to perfectly lead into the next one. Okay. I think it's really good. All right. Next week you'll hear. Are we going to give him a, should we tell him what it's going to be about or no? No, no, no. All right. It's a mystery, but you might've been asking some questions. Well, what about, and I think we're going to address it in next week's episode. So. So don't add us yet. Don't what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't add us. No mentions yet. All right. You I mean, gotta you wait can. till next it's fine. Week. We're not going to scold you. Only if they're good things. We're nice Christians. <laughs> exactly. All right. We're done with this one. You catch us next week. Okay, next bye. episode of By Way of Reminder. Be immovable, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. And until next time.